Well, last week I did a McBlog on the mainstream media's obsession with the coalition agreement between National and New Zealand First, just this particular line, which scraps and replaces the controversial and radical REC curriculum being indoctrinated in schools by harmful groups such as Inside Out and Family Planning Association, who are now called Sexual Wellbeing Aotearoa. Yeah, sexual well-being, yeah, right. But I claim that the media are mad about this clause in the agreement. Fancy expecting schools to focus on reading, writing and arithmetic and not be allowed to indoctrinate our kids with the ideology that they have 112 genders to choose from and 200 plus sexualities. And I suggested that the media have almost an organised campaign against it. And I gave you some examples. Well, something interesting happened at the weekend. Let's check it out. So, as I said, uh, it seems like the media have a campaign against this whole RSE uh, curriculum being removed as agreed with National and New Zealand First. And so 28th of November, we had axing sexuality relationship education guidelines would be huge mistake, warns co-writer on, uh, and this was on the taxpayer funded Radio New Zealand. Same day, state broadcaster TV1 breakfast also interviewing the author, who just might have a vested interest, of course, do you think? Uh, and says this, government's plan to axe sex gender guidelines in schools concerning. And then three days later, Stuff decided to have a shot as well. 1st of December, scrapping sexuality education, repressive, says guidelines author. And the words backwards are included in the article also. Well, then Christmas and New Year came and went, and while everyone was at the beach and not thinking about their gender and preferred pronouns, Radio New Zealand thought they would have another crack. January the 10th, government accused of conspiracy thinking and changes to sex ed by the union representing primary school teachers. Uh, and as we've found out since we discussed the Midwifery Council cancelling the word woman, the majority of midwives have no time for the council's wokeness. And probably most teachers reject their union's wokeness also. And finally, just two weeks ago, the media must have thought, come on, nobody is listening to us. And so another article, another shot from Stuff. Uh, January the 26th, sex education changes, scary, frightening and dangerous, union leader says. Uh, and of course, it was back to the same union leader. You know, we've, we've actually got some great words here, haven't we? Huge mistake, concerning, repressive, conspiracy, and now scary, frightening, and dangerous. And you'll hear those exact words in a clip I will play you shortly when the media are interviewing the Prime Minister. But I also highlighted one other funny thing. In the TVNZ breakfast interview, the academic, the author, said, quote, it's young people that have been asking for meaningful consent sexuality and relationship education in successive petitions to our parliament since 2017. Now, the media just accept that as fact because it suits the narrative they're pushing. Uh, we fact-checked that statement and we found seven petitions since 2017 that she could have been referring to and they ranged from 8,600 signatures, so 8,500 signatures, down to just 222 signatures.
but only two of them were started by students. In fact, the biggest ones weren't started by young people. One was started by left-wing Action Station, and the other by a 24-year-old woman. And they were signed by anyone who wanted to. They weren't purely school-based. Could have been overseas people as well. So the statement that young people have been asking is false. But I did highlight one petition that the academic and the media uh, have barely mentioned, and it's this one. 30,000 signed petition to stop New Zealand schools teaching gender diversity. Uh, in fact, the petition was eventually submitted to Parliament with 40,500 signatures. It's one of the biggest signatures uh, on the government website, and it's more signatures, uh, uh, petitions that have been done through the government website, and it's more signatures than all the other ones I mentioned combined. But the media aren't too keen on this one. It's classic, isn't it? But what's really significant is that in those five articles I highlighted, only one of them, one of them, went and sought a contrary view from another academic. It's a small paragraph which the reporter then rushes back to the academic, the author of the extreme curriculum, to rebut and label it as a lack of knowledge. The media are just pushing one narrative in this debate around the protection of our children, and it's certainly not the narrative and concern of the overwhelming majority of parents. They never, the media never come and ask our opinion or other groups around the country that have been campaigning on this issue and are concerned with the curriculum on behalf of parents. Now, rather than try and prove me wrong and show that the media is not that obsessed with this issue, with a one-eyed view, and that they're willing to hear both sides, the media have set out to prove me right. <laughs> Just at the weekend. So let me show you. On Sunday, the Prime Minister did two things. He gave a state of the... Oh, well, he probably did more than two things, but two things that we're aware of. He gave a state of the nation speech, and then he went to the big gay out, where he was forced to abandon his visit because of protests from LGBT people and protests from pro-Palestinian support, uh, supporters. Here's what that looked like. Yeah, and also this one from News Hub. That was the moment things started to go south for the Prime Minister at Big Gay Out. A few boos escalating to a full-blown protest. Shame, shame, shame on you! This walk about a big gay out started pretty mellow, but as you can see, it's really heated up. The Prime Minister and his wife bundled into a car for a hasty exit, leaving these protesters to cool off. Yeah, it always amazes me that these functions that promote acceptance, inclusivity and diversity are often the most intolerant and exclusive groups to be around. It's weird, eh? But I digress. As mentioned, the mainstream media are desperate to prove us right. And so when they interviewed Prime Minister Luxon after his State of the Nation speech, where he made no comments about the RSE curriculum, not a single mention, the media got stuck in. I'll show you the clip, and you'll hear the words, scary, frightening, and dangerous. I think 
they've been watching McBlog. It's on one of those line items you mentioned earlier um, with your coalition partners, um, six education changes to schools. When will the teachers and the schools have yeah. some clarity Look, on I, I saw Chris Hipkins bang on about that this morning, and I just thought, how embarrassing, absolutely embarrassing. We want sex education and good sex education across New Zealand schools. It ain't going anywhere. All we've asked for is to make sure that the curriculum is age appropriate and parents get consulted on. The, the sad thing is, Chris, Chris Hipkins, his former education minister, should have been talking about why he hasn't done a job of getting our kids into school or teaching them the basics. So I thought it was pretty embarrassing again from the Labour Party focused on the wrong things. Because they've been called scary, frightening and dangerous, the changes. Ooh. Are they that? Well, again, the challenge here is that we've been in between a curriculum and all we're asking for is we will always have sex education in New Zealand schools. It's so critical, so important. Uh, parents have a responsibility and a role to play in that as well. But importantly, we need to make sure that it's age appropriate and we also need to make sure parents are being consulted. That's all we're asking for. That process can be moved through. Um, but I'd just say to Chris Hipkins and, and the Labour team, again, barking at the wrong car, uh, to be honest. So issues like gender identity will still be in the curriculum? Be, um, uh, we'll, let, we'll let experts get into the detail of it, but we've just got to make sure it's... That undertaking at the very least? Well, yeah, of course, but I mean, we, there's a whole range of issues we want to make sure that's covered in our sex education curriculum, you know, and the bottom line is that um, we will make sure that we've got uh, age appropriate, and most importantly, the frustration has been that parents haven't been consulted, and the third thing that's been frustrating is the variability of the teaching on the curriculum, because it hasn't been specified and locked as a, as a lockdown curriculum, each school, each teacher's interpreted it slightly different, so the inconsistency of our kids and the quality of education they're getting around sex education is, is very... Gender identity and sexual issues, all of those things that, that are currently in there, they'll still be in there? Well, there'll be a role for that. Um, again, what we're asking for is age appropriate and for but parents to be consulted. The, the, the wording is the removal and replacement of gender, sexuality and relationship-based education guidelines. Is that what's happening? Look, involved? I just would put it to you, if you seriously think the Labour Party are on to a winner here as a topic of discussion in this country, that's right. that's at a time, at a time, at a time when we have 55% of our kids... one of your lines correct. New Zealand's correct. So those and so what the intention is, is to make sure that we've got age-appropriate curriculum, we've got parents consulted, and we've got a consistency of teachers across the country. And what age is it appropriate to start learning about Again, gender? that'll be issues for a panel and an expert a bunch of panel to put together. But I'm, but I'm confident we can we are rest assured we're going to have sex education in New Zealand. It's very important. Parents have a role to play. Schools have a role to play. You, you we good? need to make sure that it's age appropriate. Parents are consulted. There's a consistency in the teaching. You feel, you feel good taking this message, and you're going to big gay out later on today. You feel good taking this message yeah, into the big gay out. You yeah, think absolutely. it's going to be supported I went there, there last year. I loved it. I'm looking forward to going there again this afternoon. Um, again, uh, but talk to the rainbow community, and I just say to you, what are they fixated on at the moment? Rebuilding the economy, restoring law and order, delivering better health and education. Yep, uh, you probably thought that went on for a bit long. Yeah, it was three minutes of just the media hammering Christopher Luxon. Uh, and he's just saying the same thing back to them. And they just keep hammering on. Uh, the media are desperate to ram this down and campaign on it. But Labour are desperate about it also. In fact, guess what? They've started another petition. So News Hub thought they'd advertise it. And note the description of the radical curriculum by the reporter in this clip. Apparently, the curriculum is written by educational professionals 
and specialists. Hipkins took the stage to announce a petition against a plan to remove the gender, sexuality and relationship-based education guidelines, a stipulation in National's coalition agreement with New Zealand First. Because I think it's really important for New Zealand's future that we have an inclusive New Zealand one which recognises and celebrates everyone for who they are. Those guidelines were developed by educational professionals and specialists in the area to help schools be more inclusive and to teach kids the importance of respect and diversity and relationships. Yeah, right. You need to learn about this stuff. It's really cool. Like, look at all these people that came here. That's like mean as. I don't know if it's a surprise either, though. You know, like, I think people voted for it. Luxon couldn't say whether that promise to New Zealand First would be kept. Correct. Correct. Yeah, okay, well, we won't watch that anymore because uh, we know that Luxon got peppered with it and he just kept pushing back, which is good. But here's the petition. Uh, and it says removing important education resources that are recommended by schools, teachers and experts is not the way forward. You'll note that parents and families are not mentioned in that statement. Anyway, uh, let's go to the website and I am just going to sign up for this and sign the petition so that I can keep an eye on their campaign. Uh, press send. Thanks for signing. Well done. But the media were still out to prove me right. <laughs> they want to prove family first right. And so One News Breakfast on Monday morning decided to do some marketing for the petition. And so they get in a Labour representative and they say, tell me about the petition. In other words, let's give you some promotion. And you'll note that the Labour spokesperson says, Ask parents, but he says actually not all parents, just a select group. Have a watch. Petition that uh, the party has launched. You'll see in the hundred-day um, coalition plan uh, that in there New Zealand First asked for a, a review of the sexuality education guidelines. Those were put in for a reason. We know that our tamariki arangatahi in schools feel unsafe. They experience harm. And so those uh, were put in place to provide resources at the request of teachers, parents and communities to support our tamariki that are in those environments. It's a difficult place sometimes, mm. you know, and so I just don't understand now why a government in a 100-day plan that campaigned on a cost of living actually needs to prioritise this in the early days. I'd like to know uh, what your thoughts are on a comment by uh, the Prime Minister yesterday, and this was before he went to the big gay arts, and that he was comfortable with the removal and replacement of the gender, sexuality and relationship-based education guidelines. Just have a listen to what he said. But talk to the rainbow community, and I just say to you, what are they fixated on at the moment? Rebuilding the economy, restoring law and order, delivering better health and education. Now, I, I, I'm sure that our rainbow community is concerned about all of those things, but I'm also guessing they're also concerned that education policies that explore sexuality in a safe way are being replaced. I'm sure that's of concern to them as well. Absolutely. And you ask parents of children, of trans children, uh, that are sending their kids to school, uh, that they send their child off to school every day worried, concerned about the, how, how the day is going to go. These guidelines actually help protect them. And what we have is a Prime Minister out of touch with the rainbow community uh, saying that we are, um, that we are 
are concerned about the economy. Yes, we are, the cost mm. of living, absolutely. But the day-to-day -day concern is actually that of our children's welfare. Mm. Shannon, we appreciate Yeah, no mention about all the other students whose welfare should also be considered, those with disabilities, different racial groups, socially awkward children who often get picked on, overweight students. We should consider the welfare of all students. So that's Stuff, News Hub, One News, and finally, News Talk ZB, also on the same day, gave a platform for the ex-Minister of Education, Labor's Jan Tanetti, to vent. Now, you'll hear her talk about parents being able to exclude your children, but fails to admit that this ideology is now integrated into many subjects. Have a listen. So I'm up for that conversation, but what I also will say is that sexuality education has always been an area that has been non-contentious. There has been agreement to make sure that schools are inclusive places, that our kids' safety comes first and foremost, and that health education is one of those mm. paramount areas that we must ensure is taught well. And so no political party has ever gone near it in the past and made it a political football, because our kids' safety is first and foremost. Do you think, and I'm not trying to be contentious here, but do you think it is because the, there has been more contentiousness around the issues of gender and identification and things like that and biological sex? Do you think that that's been the ingredient that's brought this into the, you know, into the contentious sort of part of politics again? Well, possibly, but I'm going to put a wee challenge there because that part of the relationship with sexuality guideline mm. was introduced in 2015 under Nikki Kay in the national government. It was never contentious then. The reason that it has become contentious now is that we have unfortunately become privy to an international culture war around mm. this. Now mm. we need to make sure that our kids are safe, that there's an inclusive environment. And if kids are, mm. are working through gender diversity, then schools should be a safe place where they're able to do that. Not somewhere where they feel odd, not somewhere where they feel different, and somewhere where other children and young yeah. people are actually learning the respect and learning around diversity within those schooling systems as well. Yeah, an international culture war. And apparently it's never been contentious, actually. It's always been contentious. She actually goes on to say that New Zealand first pushing it is getting dangerously close to conspiracy theories. Uh, now, remember that Jan Tanetti was the one who pushed through birth certificates legislation, which makes a mockery of those certificates because you can choose the sex on your birth certificate now. So the mainstream media have proved us right. They're obsessed with this issue. And what's most significant is that in all the coverage, not once, not once have they come to us or allowed a voice from the many groups and many parents who don't want their children taught that there are 112 genders, 200 plus sexualities and specifics around the five types of sex and other perversions. And I reckon the reason that they don't want to talk to our side, well, apart from the fact that they don't want to hear your, your concerns anyway, is that we would mention some of the specifics of the curriculum. As you always remember when we were campaigning against the book Into the River. It was a highly objectionable book with extremely foul language, including the C word and explicit sex descriptions, and yet it received the Children's Book of the Year Award. Unfortunately, it's all but vanished now. But when I went on to uh, Radio New Zealand and also Breakfast TV, they specifically told me that I couldn't quote from the book because it would be offensive. 
and they would be subject to a complaint from the BSA. So the book is not suitable for general broadcast for adults, but apparently it's okay for young, impressionable children to read. Go figure. Look, just finally, what does the general public think about all of this? As we mentioned last time, surveys have been done on this, and what they've found is that only 1 in 10 think that primary age children should be taught they can choose their gender, that it can be changed through chemicalisation and surgery if they want it to be. Three out of four said no way and 14% were unsure. Only one in 10 support this radical RSE curriculum. Uh, and this polling, which the major media in New Zealand seem to have no intention of telling you about because it doesn't fit the narrative, confirms that the majority of New Zealanders are uncomfortable with the gender ideology curriculum and agenda being rammed down in the schools. This is what New Zealanders really think and it's what New Zealand First wants to get rid of but which the media is campaigning to keep indoctrinating your children with. If you think that what we're saying is all conspiracy theory, think again. The media are proving us to be spot on. And if you're a parent, it's time to push back. Mm -hmm.